Good morning, church. It is a joy to be with you here again. When I was growing up, I had this image of what Jesus was like. He was very similar to the, the pictures in my children's Bible. And I would read about him and I would see the pictures. And, and I thought that Jesus was this wonderful, kind, loving, and, and gentle person, uh, which was true. But as I got older, I remember watching a television movie about Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, that was the name of the movie, Jesus of Nazareth. And there was this dramatic scene in which Jesus goes into the temple. And Jesus does something amazing. Jesus gets angry. And uh, I would like to see uh, if this is, we can show the video clip here. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees! Hypocrites all! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men! You do not go in yourselves, nor do you let others enter! Blind guides! You strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. You bow before the letter of the law and violate the heart of the law. Justice, mercy, good faith. You are like whited sepulchres, all clean and fair without, but within, full of dead men's bones and all corruption. You see these stones, do you not? I tell you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Yours is a house of desolation, the home of the lizard and the spider. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can any of you escape damnation? So when I was in, I think, elementary school, I saw this movie scene of Jesus and he's running around and he's yelling and he's angry and he's pointing his finger at the, the Pharisees and he's screaming in anger at them. And, and it pretty much blew my mind away because I had never saw this side of Jesus before. And it made an impact on me. And, and I remember thinking, it must be something really bad for Jesus to get so angry that he yelled so loud. And, and as you read the Bible, you realize that there are actually many times when Jesus could have yelled, but he did not. I mean... If you read through the Bible, you see that there are many people that are rude to Jesus. There are people that are supposed to be his followers, but then they doubt him. Uh, his followers fall asleep on him. They reject him. They abandon him. They even betrayed him and denied him. And yet you do not see Jesus yell at his followers. You do not see him get angry at them for doing those things. 
In fact, there are many times when you and I would probably yell at somebody, but when Jesus is in the same situation, he doesn't yell. And so when we do see Jesus yelling, it must be for some incredible, awesome reason that he would yell. And so the fact is, he does yell a few times and he does show great anger. Okay. What are the items that bothered Jesus so much that he actually would yell? That he actually would get so angry? Let's look at that today. Because I think it really is a strong lesson for us on how to live our lives in following Jesus. Knowing the things that sadden and upset Jesus so much. And and I look at Matthew 23, because this is the, the passage where Jesus gets so angry. And the key items that he gets angry about are issues regarding being hypocritical, being prideful, being judgmental. I mean, those three things... Uh, being a hypocrite, being full of pride, uh, being someone that's always judging others. Those are the things that get Jesus so angry that he yells. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. And while you're turning to that, let me give you some background regarding this passage. In the passage here, Jesus is going and he's in the temple. And he's talking to the Jewish leaders at that time, which were the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and, and, and all the priests that were there. And he's there and his, his followers are there. There are many people that's, that's with him. And he gets angry at them. Okay. And so let's take a look at Matthew 23. I'm going to read to you from uh, 1 through 13. The Bible says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey. You must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for men to see. They make their faculties wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. Verse 8. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have only one master and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut out the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. The first point I want to make today 
is that Jesus has great anger towards hypocrisy. And he gets upset when people are hypocrites. Let's read 3b again. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. You see, what Jesus was so angry about, he was so angry about the hypocrites in the temple that will not practice what they preach. On one hand, they pretend to be these religious holy leaders of Israel, people that love for others to give them a place of honor. They would actually have these Bible passages written on, uh, on these little parts and tied to their bodies. And yet, they did not practice what they preached. They were, in other words, they were hypocrites. They were people that pretended to be followers of God, but deep down inside in their hearts, did not love God. And that's an important lesson for us. For you and I, we need to be honest. We need to be real and to really practice what we preach. We need to honestly be open to live a life of truth. Now think about this. God knows everything about us. There's nothing that we can do to hide from God. And so it is much better to be honest and transparent and not to be hypocritical. I remember in my life all the times that when I I shared a gospel message to my non-Christian friends, one of the most common um, complaints that my non-Christian friends would have would be they, they know so many Christians that are hypocrites. And I bring this up because you and I, we should not be hypocrites because it destroys our witness. And it actually is an insult to God because we are pretending to love God when in fact we don't. So my encouragement to you is this, that we need to be honest. That instead of being hypocrites, we should tell God the truth. He knows the truth already. So practically speaking, what that means is that we need to confess our sins. That when we sin, we need to confess to the Lord. We should not pretend like everything's okay. Instead, we should go to God and say, God, I need forgiveness for my sins. Please forgive me. That's the heart of confession. You see, confession is something that that God doesn't need to know because He knows everything. The act of confession is going before the Lord and for us to go before Him and be honest with ourselves and to say, Yes, God, I was wrong. I sinned. I want to confess my sins to You. You see, God wants us to be honest and truthful to tell Him what's in our hearts. And furthermore, in the way that we live, when we're with other people, We need to tell them the truth. If things are not going well with our lives, we should not be hypocrites and pretend that everything is okay. If we're struggling with sin, we need to confess our sins. The Bible says we should confess our sins, not just to God, but with the people that we trust, with our brothers and sisters, who can then turn around and keep us accountable. 
in a word, we need to basically live out what we preach. Okay, that's what Jesus is saying here. He's calling these Pharisees hypocrites because they did not live out what they were preaching. They were not being honest and truthful. You and I, we need to live a life of truth and to be transparent and to be honest. Practically speaking, I want to encourage you, if you do not have an accountability partner, if there's not someone that you regularly pray with, that you basically share your life issues with, I really want to encourage you to talk to your pastor, talk to someone that you trust, and to be able to find an accountability partner. This person will help you not to live a life of hypocrisy, but to live a a life of accountability and truth. And in my life, I've been fortunate to be able to, to find people, not all the time, but in different stages of my life to have people who would keep me accountable, people that I would meet with regularly to be my accountability partner. During those times, it really helped me with my walk with God. And I want to encourage you to have an accountability partner as well. Let's move on to the second point. Jesus gets so angry when these Pharisees are prideful. They're prideful and and they're, they're arrogant and they come across so strong that the people around them can just feel their their pride. And the reality is that it's so easy to be prideful. I mean, it's so easy for us to fall to the temptation of being arrogant and prideful. Let me read to you from verse 23 of, of uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 23, verse 25. Okay, Jesus continues to, to criticize and to show his anger towards these Pharisees. In verse 25, he says these harsh words. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. I mean, Jesus has such harsh words towards these Pharisees because he knows that inside their hearts, They are self-indulgent. They are greedy. They only care about themselves. And they are so prideful. I mean, you and I know that that pride was the sin that brought down Lucifer. It is such a dangerous, dangerous sin that we constantly have to be aware of that. And if you're able to find an accountability partner, encourage this, uh, this accountability partner to tell you when you become arrogant or prideful. And when they do uh, confront you or when they do rebuke you, have an open uh, ear to hear and listen to them and to be able to ask yourself, are you being prideful? Am I being sinful? Am I being arrogant? Verse 12, Jesus says uh, in Matthew 23, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, Jesus calls us to be humble, to live a life of humility, and the opposite of that is to be prideful, to exalt themselves. And that's not what Jesus wants. In fact, let me put it this way, and I think maybe 
um, this may have a lasting impact. The reality is that Jesus says, uh, for those who humble, who exalt themselves, or those who exalt themselves will be humbled. What that means is if someone is prideful, if someone walks around being arrogant all the time, the reality is that you will be humbled. Okay, God will humble you. He will find many different ways for you to be humbled. And the reality is that when people are humble and they walk around sooner or later, someone is going to humble them. Because no one wants to be around someone that is prideful and arrogant. I mean, I was trying to think of different illustrations and I think the reality is that you and I, we have so many illustrations in our own lives already when we've seen the damage of what pride does. Maybe it's someone that was prideful that offended you and and turned you away. Or maybe there were times when you were prideful and, and, and you caused damage or you hurt someone's feelings. The reality is that pride is something that Jesus really, uh, for lack of a better word, that Jesus really hates. God hates pride. And you see in Jesus' reaction when he, when he rebukes these Pharisees that He doesn't want us to be prideful. Instead, we need to be humble. We need to, we need to remember that we need God. In fact, the reason why people are prideful is because they don't believe they need anybody else. Or they believe that they're better than everybody else. That was Lucifer's problem. He felt that he was equal with God. He was prideful, that he felt he could do things better. And that's why he challenged God. And that's why he fell, because of pride. So you and I, the lesson is very clear. We must repent from arrogance and pridefulness, okay? We need to be humble. And the sad fact is that even in the Christian church, it is easy to be prideful. It is easy to be arrogant. So the reality is that you and I must constantly be alert. It starts with ourselves. Before we point the finger at someone else, we need to ask ourselves, am I being arrogant? Am I being prideful? Am I being exalted? Am I exalting myself? And if that's the case, we need to repent and we need to be humble. We need to ask God for forgiveness. We need to ask forgiveness from the people around us that we've offended. So take heart. Be humble and follow the Lord. The third and last point that I want to make today is that Jesus gets so angry at the Pharisees, not just because they were hypocrites, not just because they were prideful, but because they were judgmental. That they were judging others, that they were pointing their fingers at others and saying, you're sinners and you're worse than us because we're, we're right with God. Let's take a look at this, okay? Verse uh, 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Okay? 
That's basically when the Pharisees point at someone and say, you are not good enough for God. You're not good enough for God. They're judging them and they're shutting, they're shutting the, the door right in front of these people's faces. And then he says, you yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Okay. What the Pharisees were doing is they had made up so many legalistic laws and rules, so many traditions, and, and, and the fact was no one could enter and, and be with God. The message that the Pharisees were given was that no one was worthy, no one is able to approach the Lord unless they were as good as the Pharisees, unless they followed these these hundreds or thousands of laws and regulations. And, and they made it so difficult that Jesus got so angry with them because they were preventing people from pursuing the Lord. They were stopping people from following God with all their legalism. Okay? Verse 15, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, and this is what Jesus says, verse 15, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. I mean, these are some of the harshest words in the Bible. And yet Jesus says it to the Pharisees because they were so legalistic. You and I, we have to be very careful, especially when we're in, in the local church and, and it's so easy to have these you know, legalistic ideas and people are looking at us. They're looking at us and trying to figure out what does it mean to, to know Jesus Christ? What does it mean to have love and mercy and grace? And, and God help us if we give off the message that to be a Christian means that we are legalistic. The reality is that it is very easy for us to become like the Pharisees, for us to become prideful and arrogant and legalistic, where we scare off other people because we are misrepresenting the grace of God. Let me share with you this photo, this illustration of me. Uh, this is me... Uh, a long time ago at UCLA, this is a picture of the Christian group that I was in. It was a Christian, uh, it's a Christian fraternity called Alpha Gamma Omega at UCLA. And, and we were not ashamed of being Christians. In fact, you see the little banner that we had. It says, Jesus is Lord. And this was shown, you know, we were on fraternity row. This is the Christian fraternity. And so whenever someone was, was walking to like, you know, a, a an evening party where they were really drunk, they would see this sign that says Jesus is Lord and, and it would convict them, okay? Uh, but here's the truth. When I first joined this Christian group, uh, I almost left. And, and this group, you know, looking back on my life, this was probably one of the strongest places that helped me grow in my relationship with Christ. This was the place where I met a lot of good brothers and sisters in Christ. People kept me accountable. People taught me. I learned a lot. I was able to, to teach and help others as well. So I am so thankful that I was in this Christian group. 
But the reality is that first uh, year that I was there, I almost quit. I almost left because I felt like this. Let's take a look at this picture here. I felt like this person with many fingers pointing at them. I remember my first uh, my first week in this Christian group. I had a T-shirt of a uh, of a of a rock band that I liked, and I had this T-shirt. And I remember people would a few of them would come to me, and they would literally point their finger at my shirt, and they would say, "You cannot be a Christian and listen to rock music." And I remember hearing that, and I was shocked because I knew a lot of Christians. Um, and they listen to many different types of music. And I never read anywhere that if you listen to rock music, you couldn't be a Christian. But I heard that, you know, and I heard that from not just one, not just two, but from three different people. And during that first year in this Christian uh, group, there were a lot of times when, when some of these, you know, legalistic brothers of, of mine would, would come and, and they would, would be so judgmental. And, and I almost left. In fact, some of my other friends who I was with ended up leaving the group. And so the question is, why did I stay? Okay. In this other picture, it was a group of us. We went to the snow up in the mountains. The reason why I stayed was because I realized that in such a large group, there was always going to be some people that would be too judgmental. And very legalistic. But they don't represent the whole body of Christ. And the fact is no one is perfect. And there were so many solid Christians that showed so much love and grace towards me that I wanted to stay in this Christian group. And I realized that any one of us could become judgmental. Any one of us could become legalistic. And it was the example of these other brothers and sisters in Christ and their mercy and grace that they showed me that I realized that I wanted to stay in this Christian fellowship group. And I give this example because the church is just like that. We are all part of a local Christian church. And there are some wonderful people in there. And there are some people that may be legalistic or um, or, or prideful or judgmental and the reality is that there's going to be people like that in every Christian group at every Christian church because we're all sinners we all make mistakes we all have flaws but the question is are we willing to examine ourselves and ask ourselves am I legalistic am I judgmental Am I someone that, that likes to point my finger at someone else and say, that's a sinner? Or am I someone that's willing to look in the mirror and to ask myself, am I acting like a Pharisee? Am I acting like, like one of the people that Jesus was so angry at that he was yelling at them? Because the reality is that you and I, when we are legalistic, when we're prideful, when we're judgmental, that's probably the fastest way to scare someone away from knowing Jesus. Because who in their right mind wants to be with people that are so judgmental? I'm not saying follow false doctrine. I'm not saying lead a sinful life. 
Quite the contrary. We want to follow God. We want to live a life that's pure. We want to to be holy. But the fact is only Jesus makes us holy. Only Jesus can help us to handle temptations. And the Bible is clear that God will judge. And it is not our role to judge others and to point our fingers and be legalistic. In fact, Jesus tells us clearly that we need to be merciful. That if we are to show the light of Christ and to shine the light of Christ in our lives, we need to show mercy and grace because that is what Jesus always did. He showed mercy and grace. And that's the example that we need to follow today. Let's take a look at this. Here's what a contrast between Jesus and the Pharisees looked like. You see, Jesus was honest. He always told the truth. He always lived the truth. He was never, ever a hypocrite. Jesus also was humble. Okay, Paul in Philippians chapter 2 showed us very clearly that Jesus was so humble that He died on the cross for the atonement of our sins Even though he was sinless, he died on the cross so that you and I, as sinners, can receive forgiveness for our sins. And he lived a life of humility. And he modeled for us what it meant to be humble. And Jesus showed great mercy and grace. I mean, there's no better example of of mercy and grace than Jesus Christ who showed us mercy and grace even though we never deserved it. I mean, that's the definition of grace. Grace is receiving something that we don't deserve, such as forgiveness. And Jesus gives us grace. He also showed us mercy. Mercy is holding back something negative that we deserve, like punishment for our sins. And so I want to encourage you today, to remember the difference between Jesus and the Pharisees. That the Pharisees were hypocrites. They were prideful. They were legalistic and judgmental. But Jesus himself instead was honest, humble, and merciful. And in closing, let me encourage you today to look in the mirror, to ask yourself, are you willing to follow God and to live a life of humility, of having grace and mercy, and to be truthful. I encourage you to do that because Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much and He wants you to follow Him. And He wants you to be an example to others. And so the fact is, are you going to live a self-centered life or are you going to live the life where Christ is the center, that you continue to follow Him and to worship Him. Let us bow our heads together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You and we thank You for the lesson of Matthew 23. Thank You for the lesson that Jesus shows us when He got so angry that He had to yell at these Pharisees because they had fallen away from you and they were hurting 
the spiritual life of others. And so we pray, Lord, that you help us. Help us not to live the life of a Pharisee, but instead help us to be honest. Help us to be truthful. Help us to confess our sins to you. Help us to be willing to be held accountable. Father, each one of us can become prideful. So we pray that you help us in our pride, that we can become more humble, that we can become more like you. Help us to live a life where we are a powerful witness. And Father, forgive us when we are legalistic. Forgive us when we are judgmental. Forgive us when we point our fingers at others. Instead, help us to show mercy and grace the same way that you showed mercy and grace to us. Help us to love you and to live a Christ-centered life. So we thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.